But um, I did that. I did a big show, which was a celebration. And now, uh, Steve, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna hold my hands up and be mm. ignorant. LGBTQ. I know that there are more letters. Oh, it's an alphabet. Don't worry, we call it an alphabet soup. It's okay, so yeah, <laughs> but it's, that, that's my understanding of it at the moment. <laughs> I acknowledge that there are more letters that I need to understand and more concepts. It's, it, it's always that thing where if it comes from a good place, it comes from a good place. No yes. mm-hmm. So I did um, a radio show um, about uh, a celebration of LGBTQ artists, musicians. Cool. And yeah, I, I tried listening to it, but then, I, then my son... Um, then your son yeah and then my son <laughs> so that was uh, both with yeah. a U and an O um, <laughs> yes so that was the end of that really ironically yeah, yeah. but I had um, Harvey Milk on there there's a quote mm. uh, there's a soundbite from Harvey Milk mm. and every time in fact it's the same with Pride when I've watched it a couple of times and when I've listened to that quote by Harvey Milk I just sob at like how wonderful these people were in you know trying to promote and make and normalize what is yeah. what is normal mm-hmm. um and i just I, I just get so sort of stared by this yeah. i've always been sort of a, a bit a, a bit of an um you know right on type of person i think but i've always been towards like yeah you know um that recognition and that appropriateness and that equality for people who are lesbian, gay, transgender, etc. I've always found that has been something I've been mega passionate about. I taught a kid in my first school, and this isn't the reason behind it, but I, I taught a kid in my first school um, who was uh, murdered in the town I eventually worked in in Liverpool before I came to Sweden, and he was beaten to death by a, with a book because some guys at a party had found his phone and they found pictures of, of it does, doesn't say exactly what it was but pornographic pictures of men mm-hmm. on the phone and this this poor kid his name was michael causa and he was beaten to death and these these two lads i think they I, i'm pretty sure they were sent down for it but there wasn't enough media outrage about it i don't think Mm-hmm. and that's what I've noticed about a lot of and it comes back to what you were saying before about that journalist who did not have that yeah. understanding of HIV as, as, a, as a pandemic there, there just doesn't seem to be enough coverage of it I think and you know with there's the pride festivals and things of course and that's, that's very important but mm-hmm. is that generating enough exposure mm. about 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 this about what you know people there's still people who go oh i mean i've heard them uh, there was a there was a person i've worked with who said it was wrong i mean i i, I don't know it was a good job it was in work that this was said because i was able to care for my tongue but mm. I, I think that there still needs to be more coverage of it yeah mm. and that people can hold their jobs after saying that in a workplace is criminal. It's astonishing. Yeah. It's a hate crime. It's astonishing. It's, it's, it is a hate. You're dead right. It is. No, it's just yeah. It's it's pride. <laughs> Jesus, pride. As not as a film. Um, as as certainly in the UK, it's such a problem. You have the red arrows flying over. You know what we don't need? We don't need military identification. Yeah. Uh, and you have you know no cops at pride. You know, first, Stonewall was a riot, and it was led by trans women of color. Mm. and if you forget that you are fucked because you will never make progress and you will mm-hmm. never oh yeah so pride most most of our friends don't go to pride anymore we last time we were at pride we were at the oh in st james's oh jesus one of the hotels on the corner in st james's where the pride route went having afternoon tea looking at it going well that all looks tremendous these days but this is better mm-hmm. uh, yeah pr- pr- it's so corporate so, yeah, that's so the thing. It's, 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 there, there was there was a brilliant thing where there was a cartoon around the time that was doing the rounds, uh, sort of groups of people, particularly in the UK, which was people disporting themselves as one would at Pride back in the day, and so one of the um, organisers stepping in, going, "Stop! You're making us look bad in front of the Morgan Stanley representatives." Mm. You know, it was it was a cartoon yeah, you know, yeah, because that's yeah. what it's become, yeah. and it's it's there's it's so corporate, yeah, so yeah. Um, and I know various charities 
as everybody is, but various charities particularly attached in any way to issues affecting queer communities um, struggle for funding these days, have done since the coalition came in. Mm -hmm. um, they, there are big issues where you have to chase corporate funding. And so the problems with chasing corporate funding is they put their agenda on it. So if it's, if, you know, if they feel it's attached to something which is going to be controversial, CSR policy and corporate social responsibility policy be damned, they will pull the plug if it's going to reflect it on their bottom line, ultimately. Of course. Whatever they pretend. So that's, it's become so corporate. But, why, but it's why? become corporate because charities are not getting funding. Yeah, it's, it's just, and it shouldn't be a charity anyway. No. Mm. That's interesting, right? Um. The, 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 the lad I was talking about, the guy who was killed, murdered, mm -hmm. I should say. The, 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 there was a trust fund that was put in place after, a foundation put in place afterwards, um, and it was led by, and I mentioned before, I've, you know, I'm a good Roman Catholic boy, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm a Roman Catholic, but I'm not a good boy. But uh, the, the, the priest we had at my parish church, um, he became the, the, the head of the foundation. And I, I got in touch with him. He was a, a wonderful man, actually. Uh, a, a revolutionary. Mm. I remember his first, when he first... And I was at that age where, you know, I needed to hear this message. His name was... Um, my God, Father Jerry, that's right, mm. Father Jerry, and he, he got up on, on, on the altar and we'd had, you know, quite sort of moderate conservative, and he was talking about how he'd been to South America, and he was and I was like, God, this man is the embodiment of Jesus Christ, you know, this is incredible, <laughs> and, um, and I, you know, I'd, I'd have breakfast with him, because I was an altar boy, you know, and mm. I'd have breakfast with him afterwards, and we'd talk about, we'd, not the Bible, we'd talk about life. the ethics and life and that. Well, we lost touch, and I got in touch with him some years later, and I went to went for lunch with him at his house, and he, and he said, oh, he said, I, he said, I'm gay, and I went, oh right, okay, like, like you know, and yeah, really, <laughs> yeah, and um, what, what is for breakfast though? Come on, seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and he said, um, he said, and the, the he said every single day I feel that the church and didn't specify the Catholic church or any particular church and being very careful about what I'm saying but he did he said crucifies Christ because of the fact that people aren't allowed to be who they want to be and it goes back to that corporate yeah. element as well Steve but he said that he has conducted uh, or had conducted at that point marriages he blessed marriages of um, of, of gay men and, and gay women he blessed those marriages and, and the, the church was like, mm. you know, in, in, yeah. in upheaval about it. Mm. But he was still at that point, that wonderful, wonderful revolutionary. Yeah. And I almost felt like I didn't belong in his presence because it was just, it was just too, it was just, it was like looking at the sun. Mm. I was I was a feeble creature in this wonderful man's presence. Christ at his angriest, turning over the tables and storming out. You know, exactly yeah it's yeah. always the only rock and roll bit of the bible i am um, yeah <clears throat> i when i was growing i was brought up in the methodist church so it's you know like catholicism but without the conviction yeah. <laughs> with worse worse tea and limp handshakes <laughs> but yeah bro when adrian and i touched on this a little bit last time when mm -hmm. we were talking and um when oh jesus yeah formative years i suppose just becoming a teenager into early teenage years a new minister took over in our church um, and he came out later to nobody's surprise. He actually, but tragically, tragically, he came out on his deathbed, and he had a he had a, he had a seizure when he was driving, and they thought it was epilepsy. It turned out to be a brain tumor, and he was died very very quickly. Um, which is all horrible. But he was clearly a much a very left of center Methodist, um, and he was you know growing up in the church, and a lot of people started to avoid him mm. because they realized. You know, I think they suspected Steve might be a, a homosexualist. And, that, and even though within the Methodist church, actually, that wasn't really an issue. Just apart from, you know, generational homophobia and misreadings of Leviticus and stuff. And, um, yeah, he, he developed cancer and was dying. And probably a few days before he died on his bed, mm. said, you know, actually, I've been struggling because I'm gay, etc. Mm. Et you know. And he was in that situation where he was clearly a few days from death. And needed to share this mm -hmm. to be accepted as he saw it you know as into the afterlife and 
a good purport. It's a Methodist church, so it's not exactly dogmatic. Mm-hmm. A good, I don't know, a, a lot of the church wouldn't then, you know, just basically didn't want to, wouldn't speak his name and wouldn't talk about him and thought he'd done a terrible thing and it was absolutely awful. Done a terrible thing by... by... By saying he was gay and by being gay and it was the wrong thing he'd done and how could he have been a minister if he was gay and if he knew this, why would he... Why? And I just, you know... I maybe had some semblance of faith for a few years after that, but the whole the whole time you're just going, these people are fundamentally awful. Mm-hmm. You are fundamentally mm-hmm. awful people. Mm-hmm. What and just you know, I, and there was there was a bit where again, you know, maybe a few years later, I was a bit older when, um, six feet under, I want to say, Michael sure. C. Hall, mm-hmm. when it was the series came out, and one of them was oh, now, um, yeah, I think it was. Um, was gay in it, but he was. Uh, I, I so long since I've seen it. He was a member of the church, a member of the mm. Catholic Church or something. But he, just, he was just right, and he was being rejected by the church. And he stood in the pulpit and said, "No, I am gay, and how dare you judge me on it? The only mm. one person can judge me on it. And also, I was brought up to believe that God is love, and mm. none of you can, you know, mm. just absolute rage that how dare you speak for God? I'm, I'm pretty sure of my scripture. Don't you dare judge me. My God is a God of love." And if that's not your God, then I, I, I pity you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which, again, acted by a gay actor, so obviously very heartfelt. And I don't know who it was written by, but I just think... And Desmond Tutu, the late Desmond Tutu, mm-hmm. always said, if you don't believe the Bible is political, then I don't understand which version <laughs> of the Bible you've been reading. Mm-hmm. You know, and John Centemu, who I know, again, also problematic in some ways, refused to wear his dog collar because uh, until, um, until Zimbabwe was free. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason for that was... Um, attacks on on the queer community as well mm. I have wider issues but I find it baffling yeah, dogma is dogma but intentional misreadings mm-hmm. uh, but I think when when we all start to control people being who you are just try mm. to stop it that, that problem that's why we have the problem that we have you know because you only dictate who you are mm. and how you feel and who you should be Mm. And until we stop that, mm-hmm. yeah. but you see, the thing is, when you, I think maybe when you are able to sort of say to someone, you, know, you must be this, you must be mm-hmm. this, you, you, you feel there's a sense of safety. There won't be an upheaval. There won't be an uprising mm-hmm. or a revolution. When you start allowing people to express who they are, then that can't be regulated, mm-hmm. and so it puts those people in there, you know. At the upper in the upper echelons of right, authority, right. it puts them in a very precarious position. Right, Some right, people can, should be in a precarious yeah. position. If you're at the top of something, it tends to be quite precarious. Yes. You know. What are the What are the Tony Ben questions? I can never. Oh, remember. how did you get there? Who put you there? How can we get rid of you? Yeah. 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 Mm. Who do you Who do you answer to? Who do you answer yeah, to? That's How can we get rid of you? Yeah. You have to ask them those questions. Mm. Ask the powerful those questions. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's fundamentally that. But isn't isn't all? I, I, you know, we talked again last time about the 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 imagery of the devil. Ben, you may have more knowledge on this with your education than I. The imagery of the devil and the existence of hell as a physical place that people will go to if they sinned. But particularly the imagery and iconography, I guess, of the devil came around only about fourteenth century when attendance and control of the Catholic Church was dwindling mm-hmm. and they needed mm-hmm. another thing to intimidate yeah. people with yeah. which was just before the witch trials yeah yeah all, all of that so uh, because prior to prior to I think one one um, thousand AD Catholic there was only in, in, I'm talking in, in, in England at the mm-hmm. time um, Catholic ch- the priests were married they had children mm-hmm. everything was okay and then something has obviously happened around about a thousand, and then there has been that constraint, and then no wonder people have started dwindling. But it was a very brave thing to do in the fourteenth century because, you know, you had to go to church. You, it was, you know, it was like in, in ancient Rome, you had to go to the Colosseum at the time that it was active, because that was your duty as a Roman. Well, you had to, you had to go to church, and those people who perhaps dwindled in their numbers as well. Well, how the how the fuck do we control them now? Mm. How do we how do we keep them in order and tell them that if they don't do what we say, devil, devil. Yeah. So witch trials come along and, right. and casting people out and you know ostracizing people. That's what's happened. 
the idea of controlling people in that way. See, something just jumped into my head then. <coughs> uh, help for Heroes as a fulcrum, as a mm -hmm. charity in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, who, help for Heroes as a fulcrum for controlling um, acceptance and mainstreaming automatic adherence to the belief in the importance of the military and the justness of military campaigns in the UK. Mm -hmm. When did that happen? What meeting did I miss? Where did we decide if you're a soldier or if you're in the military, you're automatically a hero? And why is that taking priority over the healthcare or people who serve their community? I, I find it continually baffling because it suddenly overnight became a thing where everybody agreed that you do not challenge it, they're brilliant, you have to have parades for them when they come back. Mm. And you can't challenge that orthodoxy. It's very, very scary. And they quickly became a very big charity with a very small original campaign and a very small intention. And they grew quick, and it, yeah. They grew quick. Yeah, really quick. There, were, there was a point at the start where the charity, the people who started the charity were sort of um, not sure what to do with all the money they suddenly had. And they had to expand and there were questions over how it was raised. Um, I just, yeah, it, 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 I see that. I just feel like there's a parallel between the two. Mm. It's like, it's your duty to go to the Coliseum. It's your duty to support Help for Heroes. And don't you dare wear a white poppy on on Remembrance Day, because what's the matter with you? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a really bad parallel, but it just really suddenly jumps into my head as an idea of an orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. Well, it should make sense then. Yeah. But yeah, maybe there isn't. Mm. Questionable. I don't know about. I mean, is it still going? Yeah, yeah it's I don't. I really don't know enough about it. But then again, I don't know know enough about the poppy thing and. Is it the Royal Legion? The Royal, Legion? Royal British Legion, yeah. yeah There's a lot of people who wear, Legion, yeah. There are a lot of people who wear white poppies because um, they feel basically Remembrance Day has become, weirdly, mm. really corporate. And a lot of their representatives, there are people there who are making money from war, like most of the politicians, and they say this, oh, yeah. is, this is complete antithesis to mm. the original um, ideals and the, and the founding of the poppy, poppy appeal. Um, in the UK, which was designed as a way of remembering the war dead after the First World War and to, and how terrible are the horrors of war. Mm. And, so, you know, and, yeah, so that's sort of why the white poppy thing came about. But I don't know, I, it just feels like in the UK at the moment now, if you argue against military campaigns and question whether these people are actually heroes who are returning for, because they're injured, oh. that you're suddenly you're on the wrong side. Mm. Um, that's very weird. But why, why, why do you think that is like that now? You know, because they want to make it to make it like more mainstream. If you like, right? Is it because people now understand that the reason we're going to wars is because of you light? You know, they 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 about war, and it's very easy for me to say, you know what? I don't believe you anymore. You lied to me before. You can be lying to me again. I think I think that's where I think because it's got so much support from sort of. I would say the establishment, which you know, mm -hmm. in it, as, as much as there is anymore, but uh, it's so much establishment support. It's had such positive media coverage from certain sections of the media very fast, very quickly. I think it's served, I feel like it's served very quickly a purpose for a certain section of the media and establishment mm -hmm. and certain political parties who are in power at the time that it was just grabbed. And it has a potentially that. They've seen it as a way of silence or quietening a lot of the dissent mm. around Middle Eastern campaigns and this place, you know, Britain's actions. You know, the, the training of um, Saudi Arabian pilots by the RAF so they can go and basically commit war crimes in, in Yemen. Mm. Uh, that could stop overnight if the British stopped providing arms and training pilots. Mm. And, and it's, it's horrific. Um, yeah, the, the conduct and the you know the stuff that's been going on in, in other places as well. But there there was a growing groundswell of liberal, not even liberal, not it doesn't have to be liberal, like just sort of left wing dissent of people questioning whether exactly that after two thousand three and the failed campaign in Afghanistan. Mm. Um, I f yeah, it feels like it was used as a way of it was sort of hijacked. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were suddenly in it too deep. And there are, you know, I don't know, there's genuinely good things coming from it, from the work around PTSD and mm. huge technological advances for people with injury, with, with like amputees and mm. 
flip side of that feels like it's a perpetuation of of the campaigns because mm. it's it, your the default position now seems to be your of course you support this don't you support the troops don't you support the soldiers and if you don't and support it's, it, it's been used to polarize that debate mm-hmm. yeah if if you don't support them that means you're against them yeah it, exactly mm. yeah which mm. is incredibly mm. dangerous mm. Mm. it is yeah yeah and, and all the horrors in, in the Ukraine at the moment, stuff that's been going on, is absolutely atrocious. And they are war crimes and it should not be happening. Incredibly similar to a lot of what's happened in Yemen. Mm. And obviously Syria. Though, you know, we live and work in Sweden, we live and work with Syrian colleagues. They, mm. you know, we teach Syrian students. Mm. Um, but Yemen, I mean, my God. Yeah, it's been going on for years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just absolutely horrendous. Um, and yeah, that's, that's weird. That's one of the reasons why having the red arrows fly down the mound during Pride is problematic. That's mm. why a lot of what's being lovingly called copaganda is also problematic at the moment. Copaganda. Copaganda. No. Um, the police, police involved. In yeah, police propaganda. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, police involvement in Pride and stuff. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Copaganda is very much a phrase used by, and again. Uh, queer movement is not one political movement is not mm. argu- arguably it is not a political movement obviously. but yeah the old the old Marxist queers they will refer to it as propaganda because it's dangerous and it's forgetting history mm-hmm. mm. um, but yeah. for me one, one of the things I find astonishing is young people you know going to army knowing that like, especially in England and US mm-hmm. What you mean in the UK and its child soldiers? Exactly. You know, you knowing the atrocities of war, and yet you choose to go. You know, what is it that? Because I would not You know, not because I'm not patriotic. I'm going to defend my country, but knowing I'm leaving my. If someone comes here to attack us, I get it. You know, I'm going to be the one fighting to defend this. When you go elsewhere, you're the aggressor, mm. right? And then you see these young people volunteering. I mean, not volunteering, volunteering yeah. in, in, in a sense, to go to war knowing what might happen to you. You might die, never come back. And they, yet they, they still take that choice to go to join the army. Why is that? Why do you think? I mean, are we so easily um, brainwashed to always, there is no other choice. You know, your only choices in life has been taken away. The only choice do you have is to join the army. Is that? The, I think there's, there's a couple of reasons for it. Mm. I don't know enough about it. Mm. So this is just mere speculation yeah, from so an idiot's yeah. point of view. Mm. But the, I think one of... The, the, do you ever remember in the 80s the, there was a series called Scully? And it was about a, a group of lads in Liverpool. Yes. And he kept on seeing Kenny Dalglish. Yeah. Kept on right. There's a scene in, in one of those episodes where... They're talking about why they're in um, 6D or whatever it is. And they're saying, like, you, you, and they're eating chips and saying, we're in 6D. Mad, he says, we're in 16, Mad Dog. You know what the D stands for? And Mad Dog says, delightful. And Scully says, no, dickhead. <laughs> he said, we're never going to work. And Mad Dog says, maybe there'll be another war. Mm-hmm. And then there's also... Um, it's something I remember from one of the Wilfred Owen poems, which is about how a young man who plays football decides to go off to work. Is it the send off? Is it the one that ends with the, the yeah that talks about the crowd? Why don't they? Why don't they come? Why do they ignore me? Yeah. And one of the lines is, "He was told that he would look like a god in kilts." Right. And so there is still that I think appeal of. You know, you it's a manly or it's a a, a a noble thing to do, to, it's a noble thing to do to serve. However you serve, mm, mm. and what we do, we serve. It's a noble thing. Right. Um, but is there still that sort of attachment? I'm wondering if there's still that attachment to, the, the uniform and duty and being noble and doing the right thing and being a righteous person. Perhaps that's maybe a reason why people join. Mm-hmm. perhaps there's limited opportunities like you suggested before um, 
And sometimes it's because their families have been in the services as well. Mm. But sometimes that you know it just there's an appeal to it. You know I, I can learn some skills. Mm. I can you know learn electronics or I can yeah. do this. Or my mate joined the Royal Navy um, and he became a medic and he left and he went on. He, he can work in any accident and emergency in in, in the world. You know mm. dealing with gunshot wounds. Yeah. We've had things blown off. So there's that aspect of it, but. Do you, do you not think that I mean I, I just think that's so we've got mad technology now I mean, we've got the, we've got primitive brains medieval systems and the technology of gods yeah. isn't war just a bit stupid isn't it always been a bit stupid but isn't it just a bit more stupid now a 100% you know because like no war ends with the last bullet being fired okay you've now won all wars end with negotiation mm. All, all wars end with an agreement. Yeah. So it's just a bit fucking stupid. Yeah. I think, you know, I think about... You, you read, I, I read the press and, you, you know, you don't know how accurate any press is. You read the Guardian, it's like, you know, you've got Russian troops sabotaging their own equipment because these poor fuckers don't want to be shot and killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've been fed what I understand are a load of lies. And here's reliable intelligence reports... Um, appear to show that there were there were conscripts used who were told they were going on military exercise and forced to sign an extension to their contract and then sent out into Ukraine where as a journalist brilliantly put it they've got old women who look like their grandmas shouting at them to go home and they're wondering what the fuck they're doing there like mm. the rest of us to be quite honest mm. but yeah it's it's I've just pulled up the, the Sassoon poem I was thinking of is it it's not it, I it's, it's not the one you think of, but oh. it, 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 it goes back to this idea of cheering crowds and people cheering them yeah. on, this forced patriotism, because, you know, it's... Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm going to read the whole thing. <laughs> it's very short, don't it's worry. It's like Radio so, 4 now, it's poetry, please. Oh, shall, shall, I, shall I do the Roger McGough poetry? You Welcome to poetry, please. Uh, no, anyway, because um, um, bass notes as well um, mm. is one that I always remember. Um, when war is done and youth stone dead, I'll toddle safely home and die in bed. About the scarlet mages who sit at the base reading the honour roll. Poor young chap, they say. I knew his father well. Yes, we've lost heavily in this last scrap. And when war is done and youth stone dead, I'll toddle safely home and die in bed. It's just, just I absolutely mm. love it. I guess it's just always on the top of my head when war comes up. But this is Sassoon, who I reread recently. It's very short. I knew a simple soldier boy who grinned at life in empty joy, slept soundly through the lonesome dark and whistled early with the lark. In winter trenches, cowed and glum with crumps and lice and lack of rum, he put a bullet through his brain. No one spoke of him again. You smug-faced crowds with kindling eye who cheer when soldier lads march by. Sneak home and pray you'll never know the hell where youth and laughter go. You just... Yeah, right? Or it's just that, yeah, it's the smug face crowds with kindling eye. Mm -hmm. I just think we should always be aware of them because war is fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. And it's, you get swept up in that hysteria. That's very easy. And it's the Colosseum all over again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is, it's it's very easy. Look what Putin said, didn't he? He was saying, to justify what, what he, and when I say, this is Putin and his, you know, Mm. his mad generals, not the Russian people, absolutely not the Russian people. To justify it was, we need to denazify here. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, that memory still lingers yeah. in the Russian psyche of what the Nazis did on Russian soil and mm. to Russian people. Mm-hmm. And so how do you justify it? Well, you get the thing that they are most fucking scared of and you use it against them. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and then you've got these young guys and women, conscripts, being brought over. No real reason why they're there. But next thing you know, they're being blown apart. And there's, what, 10,000 Russian soldiers or something have been killed. Mm. Kids Mm. whose parents are sitting at home fucking terrified for them and also terrified to be about protesting against it because they're going to be thrown in jail and that's it. Mm. It's, it seems it's a genuine crusade to purify Russia. Like the, one of the major, major driving forces behind this 
is the is the pope, like the actual pope, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, who is, um, yeah, is, is a huge driving force behind and supporter of Putin. And one of Putin's old KGB mates, who's a very very close advisor, they seem to be the two. And it's this idea of purifying Russia. So it's a proper old school, you know, crusade as they're seeing it. Mm-hmm. That seems to be where the drive is coming from. And also the fact that I think Ukraine has got, in as much as it's the biggest country in Europe, it's got quite a lot of uranium deposits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I read that. Yeah, and lots of agriculture and mm-hmm. natural resources grain, as well. Grain, yeah, exactly. yeah, grain yeah. prices and stuff. Yeah. But I don't, it makes, yeah. But then, this is a question, but what is the difference between the kids being sent off to scrap in Ukraine, in the misery, and on a spurious context or pretext uh, and 17 year old kids who've just passed out from you know army training from Aldershot mm. for the for the guards or whoever the British mm-hmm. army being sent out into Afghanistan mm. that's just a question that, 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 there's, there's a difference there and I, I emphasise the word 17 year old because right. Britain still actively recruits yeah. child soldiers you know th- this is what this is where I am very critical you know, with Britain and US, right? They're criticizing, you know, and, and I have no take on Russia and Ukraine now because I don't know enough mm. to, to have an opinion. One opinion I have, that I have is the war is wrong. Mm. You know, for them to invade a country is wrong. I hope they come mm. to an agreement where no more debts. A- any war. Exactly. That matter, yeah. 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 I, ho- I really hope no they... Is, yeah. yeah, I really hope they, they fix it. As soon as possible, where when American U and UK, you know, preaching against Russia, what Russia is doing, right? But you do it. You've done it all over the world. It's been rich, it. isn't it? Really? Exactly. Yeah. And you, yeah. you just are waiting, waiting in for you to just get involved. Yeah. With your bombing. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and for me that's that's a bit um, uh, cynical. Cynical is that the word? Yeah. Right yeah. Right? yeah. 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 For you to sit there and criticise him. But you've been doing this for years. Yeah. Invading well, centuries. countries. Centuries, man. You, and then you're the one... Come on, under that, there's another thing that really upsets me with people, pisses me off with people, all of us, is that we know the wars that US has been involved in, UK has been involved in. Most of them are lies. Iraq, number one. All of them. Yeah. Right? And yet we still believe... Wherever that comes from them. I, I the media. I have. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and, and, and the media, right? Everything we see in the media, we still believe what they say. Yeah, that's what they said about Iraq. And we believe the media. And we're doing it now again. And for me, that is, whoa, we don't learn. How can yeah. we just keep... Condemned to repeat it. Exactly. We just keep... I mean, can you just look back? Hey, hold on a minute. I've, I've seen this before. Yeah. I've read the script before. And then you just... Do you know what I mean? And this is what I don't, no, totally I, don't, get. I don't get it. I think people are more prepared to believe the media when it comes to war mm, than possibly. they are when it comes to government policy or mm. protesting, you know, the, the, the laws against like laws against protesting that pretty Patel's come over. It's like, I'll believe it more when it comes to war because yeah. maybe it goes back to that noble, righteous mm. thing. But, you know, I'll always be sceptical about what the media say when it comes right. to... Um, uh, what, is it, what was it? Down on the streets having the having the, having the parties. Well, mm. that was terrible. It was damning, and I now believe the media with that. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't believe what's happened there, but I'll believe that this is the right. right. Yeah, it's crazy, mm. but there's money. I could, I need to. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sorry, Steve. I'll cut you there, uh, mate. But um, it's, uh, some associates of mine, people that I am, you know, who I know fairly well, um, who are, who have been in Afghanistan. Mm. and Iraq and people they know who are fairly well informed um, even they are saying they understand Russia's position with the expansion of NATO mm. and this, this creep eastwards mm. and, they, and they're also saying it's difficult and, and they were these are people who are very right informed these yeah, are yeah. Very, no, no, they are informed but they're mm. also very right wing right. and even they are saying that the campaigns they were involved in in Iraq and Afghanistan was so spurious and ill-advised mm. Uh, which, and even to be hearing that from them, people who are somewhere to the right of Alexander the Great, you know, it's, it's a very strange thing to be hearing. And then you hear Chinese Defence Ministry saying, um, we will not be lectured on belligerence by the US <laughs> who have been going around the world 
starting wars for death. And like, you know what? It's really kind of a tricky one to argue with that, mm. isn't it? And obviously we know, you know, there are huge human rights issues across you know, the whole situation. But it's, it's, it's that thing, it comes to, yeah, you know, Guantanamo Bay is still open. Yeah. Ob- Barack Obama's, this is, this is a statement of like demonstrable fact. Barack mm. Obama's foreign policy, because of the, the policy creep towards the right in the US, Barack Obama's mm. foreign policy was comfortably, comfortably to the right of Nixon's. Mm. And he did not close Guantanamo while he was in. Uh, and the number of the use of drone strikes uh, increased increased hugely. Yeah. You just think, how about lads? How about here's an idea? We all just calm down a bit, mm. because whoever is criticizing it, none of them have an unblemished record. Exactly. And you can all advise each other on what you are doing wrong. Mm. But it's 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 kind of like wandering into a you know China saying. You know about the belligerence of the US fundamentally true. One hundred percent. And and when you have veterans of campaigns who are very right wing saying that they understand why Russia feels this way about the eastern expansion of NATO and that the goodwill of the public has been ruined by the campaigns that they lost, they had friends dying in mm. in Iraq and Afghanistan, and they're saying they understand that. And you've got all that situation, and you have the US trying to trying to you know gave old. Yeah, trying to get, but also actually in a way we haven't seen before, trying to avert from increasing the conflict, maybe mm. more than before. They, 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 like the day that Putin made this statement about he's putting the Russian nuclear forces on standby, on heightened mm. alert, the US established their old Cold War direct communication line with Russian defence to avoid unnecessary escalation. It's the same day. Mm-hmm. This wasn't reported in the media very widely. Right. But the same day they rang them and went, lads, I think it's. Th-. So they've actually. It's different to Trump, in a way, if Biden mm. can stop accidentally saying things. Mm. So that's happened. But again, it comes back to this media manipulation of where is there a story? Mm-hmm. What is going to sell papers? War, war is profit, ultimately. It, you know, and a lot of, for a lot of people, war is profit. The One day time. Putin made the statement about the Russian nuclear forces going on heightened alert, there's a guy called um, Pavel Podvig, who is a, an accredited nuclear inspector, mm-hmm. who... Let it calm down a bit and said, okay, we've had a look, I've pulled the intelligence reports in, you've seen what's happening. Nothing's happened. This is what he does whenever NATO troops are on exercises in countries that border Belarus or Russia. This is the same situation. This is why his generals look surprised, because they weren't expecting it either. Mm. Because what he said, and all they did was they moved some extra people into the bases. Nothing else happened. They said, yes, you know, we do not get complacent. We worry about what could happen, not what might happen because what could happen could happen and that's what we focus on mm-hmm. and that hasn't changed and it's still terrifying but he said he's just he said afterwards there's been no remark no noticeable difference but the threat is still there and it's still awful mm-hmm. but it sells that fear sells yeah. papers oh yeah can, it, and it can be used to legitimize things and mm-hmm. again it, you know it's it's the functions of uh, mechanized Slaughter mm. serves so many different purposes for so many different people, and very few of them seem to have, you know, anything other than their own venal interests at heart. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, it's um that yeah. We 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 are so easily manipulated and tricked, but we don't see it. That's so. That's the that's same script. They're so good at it. No, but or, or yeah, are we, of course. Or, or are we so, or are we so naive? Maybe? Naive, yeah. yeah. Easy yeah. manipulated, I would say. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think mistakes that we make is as soon as we see the news on the mainstream media, you know, CNN, BBC, oh, history, SVT, in Sweden. I think that's that's where the mistake that we make. You know, um, I think the the the, the mainstream media they're losing their power. Because I think we clocking, people are clocking. Even though I kind of contradict myself here, you know, that we believe in everything, but we can't, they can't lose their power, which they are. You know, podcasts that we have today. Mm. Yeah. As soon as you tell the truth, you're a bad guy, you're a liar, you, you're a conspiracy theorist. And yeah, and why these things came about? Because of people not trusting the, the mainstream media. Mm. But I, I mean, that's why it's quite heartening that in Sweden you have a 
requirement for students to be shell critic. They have to analyze their sources when they're sharing yeah. information and doing research. And that's going to, mm. that should become a really powerful thing, hopefully, because it's the ability to, yeah, analyze information and watch we'll us get it from Google and Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I heard it on the internet. It doesn't actually mean anything. No, exactly. <laughs> and also the, yeah, the un, an understanding, an academic understanding of why peer reviews and the peer reviewing process is important and why mm. informed sources are, are important so that you can make an informed judgment on the information and you mm. have the skills mm. to critically appraise the information that's coming to you. Mm. But again, that goes back to both the curriculum as well and what's in the curriculum, but also the access people have to education as well. Mm. And, you know, one of the... And where the, the education system doesn't allow you to critically evaluate, mm-hmm. where the education system will prevent you from asking, yeah, but why? Mm. Or, but, mm, then that's where the questions need to be raised, which goes back to a very bulky, high-intensity, not knowledge-rich rich curriculum design just based on fact right. or facts you know um compared to a curriculum that allows you to actually think for yourself yeah. and encourages you to think yeah. for yourself yeah that's not terrifying but yeah interesting so um now but i hope i hope they they come to an agreement as soon as possible and yeah yeah it's, it's about saving face i think now isn't it mm. for because Again, this all comes from the media because I'm not on the front line mm. and I'm safe here in Sweden. Right. You know, the closest I get to war is seeing some of the jet fighters fly over from Linköping, which yeah. Yeah, I, I've got to say I really enjoy because they're really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the Slavs have been up in training recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, they're, they're talking now about, you know, it, the troop movements are in fact going back and it's, mm. it's like, maybe it's like a withdrawal from Vietnam. It's like, we did it, but because we chose to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was I, in our power still. I, I, fundamentally, there's a lot to distrust, isn't there? Mm. I mean, like, you know, the first casualty of war is still true. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And it's... I, mean, I, I, I thought about it, like, when it, when it all kicked off, in fact, it's kicking off, and, and when you've grown up for the first 40 years of your life in peace, it's such a... And you are aware, and you have worked with kids who've come from these conflicts, and you yeah. know the horror and the reality of the situation, and you know how fragile that piece is. Mm. But for it suddenly to be in a situation where overnight it's gone, well, actually, that's old now, it's gone, those times are gone. I just, I just found it, yeah, I, I really struggled with it for a few days, particularly, um, it's just, I was, I was I, the weirdest, it's, it's, I hate people who go, oh, well, you won't understand until you have children, because I just think, well, fuck off, <laughs> actually. Oh, that's, 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 I, that's, that's, I just hate people. I hate that attitude. I absolutely hate it for a number of reasons. But like a couple of days after it kicked off, and like we've had, we've had a personally like in just with deaths through the family over the last mm. few years and bits and pieces. We've had a rough. Couple we've had, of years. We've had, since since our son has been alive, we've had a fucking horrible four years. Mm. And he turned four in February, like about. Two weeks before what would have been my mum's 69th birthday, he turned four this February. Mm. And her birthday was the day before this invasion. You know. And it, for before the invasion and after his birthday, it was just like, Jesus, like, and we've yeah, finally got a bit of stability. We can calm down and start to plan the year. We booked a holiday and stuff. You know. And it's like, wow. You, know, he's, you, know, you just suddenly realise when it kicked off, he's, not, he's growing up in a world that is in, inherently unstable. It's like, it's all shit again. Yeah. And I, was, I was just watching him like he was eating his breakfast on the like, two days or the Friday after after this invasion he was just eating his breakfast and the radio was on this four year old kid like in, in a lovely Swedish world the sun's coming in through the window and I was stood you know in the kitchen drinking my tea second one of the day trying to make myself human and I was watching him and the radio was on and it's a weekend and he was just like having a little dance to himself eating his breakfast and the sun's coming through the window and I'm just like what the fuck is like why who sees people living this life and thinks Oh, I know we need to invade. We need to destabilize this. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with someone's mentality that they that they think that pe- which is what Ukraine was, which is what Syria was 
for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. This is what Kurdistan, you know, and who is it that goes, you know what this needs? This needs a fucking war. Like, who looks at you? Know, it's like, who would remove that, that from a child and stop mm-hmm. them having, living in that existence? It's just, I cannot conceive of the no. mind that looks at it and goes, and, and creates this pretext, because they are artificial pretexts. Mm-hmm. With the um, when the first kicked off, there was, you know, I was reading about some making making you know, very worried about it because of the people that are there, the kids that we teach. We've got kids from Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very I'm worried as as a person who I feel loves people. You know, I'm mm-hmm. worried about the Ukrainian people. I worry about the Russian people. I worry about the the diaspora that takes place. Mm-hmm. But there was one image. Um, it was a, a man saying goodbye to his daughter. Mm. I can't even talk about it because it's going to upset me, you know. But <clears throat> was it the one? Was it the one they on a like through a window on a train? No, this was left. another one. He's got. He, he's saying goodbye to her yeah. as she's getting on the train, and he's. I know the one you mean. And it was just it, it just tore me apart. Fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, tore me yeah. apart. No, I yeah. And I felt exactly the same as you did. I. Who is looking at that and going? We can create this in people's lives. Yeah. No, but not only that, but people watching that, you know, that I created this. Yeah. How can you live with that? Say, oh, shit. Mm. That's one of many. How can you be so psychic? Exactly. How, this is one of many. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of millions. Yes. I and mean, then mm. be okay with it. Yeah. And yeah. then not putting yourself in that position that that could be my kid. That could have been me. Mm. Just because of my position I'm in today. My kid's never going to experience that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. How selfish can you be? Well, there's a reason why. The, the, there was the, isn't that the psychopath test? Have you ever read the psychopath test? I've never read it, but well, okay. I've. Well, we're, we're, all, we're all pretty much psychopaths anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> maybe certainly in this room, anyway. But, <laughs> but um, it, the, the, in the psychopath test, there's, it is actually one of those books that's founded on science mm. and, and psychology and the understanding behind it. But they, they typify those people or those jobs that appeal most to the bigger psychopaths <laughs> and, and they are um, you know perhaps either CEO of a company perhaps or you know like a big ruthless type of company mm-hmm. or politicians or people who have some sort of authority and I think it's because they are able to filter and distance right. themselves empathy it's right. not happening to me mm-hmm. so it's everything's alright you know, it's like that. My, my dog's got four legs, so is a cat, so therefore a cat is a dog, it's all right. It's that, that sort of stupidity that exists. And, and you, you know, how can you write? How can you or anybody who's at the top, what, what goes through your head? What's the makeup of somebody that can look at this image of this father crying because he's having to say goodbye to his daughter that he may never see again? And yeah. the child is inconsolable and say, Oh, well, it's okay. It'll be all right. There's a, there's a reason for that. This is justified. Yeah. It's necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It fucking isn't necessary. That's never, that's literally never necessary. And, yeah. Alexi Sale did a thing in his recent brilliant radio shows, which are available on BBC Sounds app. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant. It's, it's the, some of the greatest stuff he's ever done. Alexi Sale's Imaginary Sandwich Bar. Um, it's so good. <laughs> he's great. And it, it's, there's, there's a line that stays with me. Austerity is the idea that the global financial crash of 2008 was caused by there being too many libraries in Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is just, you know, thank you. You saved uh, so many column inches, but thank you for that. You've just done it for us. But no, he talks about Alistair Campbell, who has reinvented himself as somebody who talks about mental health problems. He's a, a wonderful person who does interviews with Charlie Brooker for GQ and that sort of thing. And he, and he says, and he just rages against the guy who is basically responsible for starting a fucking war. He says, of course you have mental health problems, you're responsible for the deaths of millions of people. Like you should, you should have. Oh, I have trouble sleeping at night because of what happened. Fucking good. <laughs> it's your fault. You should have a breakdown. Like it's, it's like. I hope you never sleep again. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a for me. That's a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who can go through that, can be that responsible, believe it's justified, be at the heart of the media campaign to cause it, and then afterwards go, yeah, but what about me? What about how I feel? You that is it. a psychopath. Mm-hmm. That is a psychopath. How about Blair? Oh, God, oh, yeah, I mean, Crusade. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah, it's like, and it's, <laughs> mate, just like, I've, I've, I've seen some of his interviews lately, and there's no announce of guilt when he talks about other countries. Like Absolutely the same complex. There's nothing there, mate. Just like, I went to a country, I invaded a country on a lie, mm. killed a lot of people. They own a mountain. Mm. And I hear him trying to preach. Go and hide, mate. Mm. Go and hide. Don't show your face anymore. Because yeah, people know it. We all know they like. Mm. Oh, there's no evidence for stuff. And, the, and how he changed the face of British politics. And mm. the, what Pretty Patel is now doing, criminalisation of dissent, was something Blair did mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, and there, there was a stat which is under Thatcher. I forget the numbers. A very, very small number of criminal justice acts were passed under Thatcher. Sort of low, you know, tens. Um, within the first four years, I believe, of Blair government, there's over two and a half thousand things that he criminalised. Blair. Blair. Wow. And I was regularly involved when I lived in London, even when I didn't as well, with the, the weekly protests mm. because they wanted to, Blair's government wanted to... Um, Part of, they were trying to push through. I think they did push it through for a short while. Under Jack Straw, another psychopath. Jack Straw. Here, oh, anyway, I'm going to gloss over that particular individual. Um, uh, about saying that if you wanted to protest within a certain area of London, you would require permission. permission yeah. So it was, so you you know the, you can have your democratic right to your opinion, but it has to be sanctioned by the state. Is what so we uh, we would file all the paperwork, overwhelm the police station, so they drown in bureaucracy. Um, there'd be one big one every month and we'd have regular ones every week just to make it unworkable. And oh. even the police said, we're not going to you know, police this, for example. Because someone had been arrested for um, taking the lid off a cake. On, and li- oh, you need to listen to Mark Thomas and read his book about this as well. Mm. Uh, um, he was coordinating the protests at the time. Someone had been arrested for taking the lid off a cake onto which they had iced the word peace. This cake is, this is a criminal, yeah, peace, P-E-A-C-E. This is a criminal cake, don't take the little fat cake, or I'll be, uh, taser, taser, taser! Um, except it was before the days of tasers, it was in the good old days of just fucking machine guns in the face or pistols at very close range. Um, yeah, and so, but that has come round again, this whole thing of criminalising dissent, requiring state sanction for your democratic right to protest. Britain, as we know, of course, not a democracy, does not have a codified bill of rights, mm. but that's a separate issue. Yeah, and it's come round again. These ideas, they keep coming round. These fascists keep p- popping up. But why, why they keep popping up? That's the question. Mate. Because we all know this. I mean, this is why... I mean, maybe I'm just going around asking the same question over and over again. Because I don't get it. How can we still accept it? Knowing all of these lies and um, manipulation, we still accept everything. We No one protests and goes, no, no, we're not accepting this. Really bad legislation, like 10, 15 years, last 10, 15 years, mm. there's been a real issue with poorly drafted legislation. The legislative agenda has been overfilled, so mm. the checks and balances, particularly the laws, have not had time to make the changes and attack stuff to the way they need to. And the reason the legislative agenda has been so full is for exactly that reason. Those checks and balances can't be carried out. So we've got into the situation where bad laws have been passed, People have become, for whatever reason, disenfranchised, like possibly actively. And then we come back to this thing within education and analysing, being critical of sources. Are people growing up learning how to challenge these things? What the processes are? What are these checks and balances? Are they aware of the number of criminal justice acts that have been passed? Terrible laws, things that have been hugely criticised by a chamber which originally used to be full of, you know, hereditary peers who are now trying to do something workable, describing things in no uncertain terms absolutely uh, you know atrocious fascist actions that they don't have time to deal with they don't have time to change are people aware that that's happening if they're aware of it do they know how to challenge it Mm. like it's it's a real issue legislation Mm. in the uk and bad laws are a real issue in the real real issue in the uk Mm. and it allows fascism to inculcate itself back Mm. into the mainstream and it's probably been going on for such a long time that you go it's what Steve was talking about the education aspect of it that pe- do people know how to challenge it mm. and perhaps they don't okay. do they know what's going on probably mm. not mm. but what what I think the biggest fear for me is that 
why is it that they don't care? Mm. You know, or do they care, but they just go, well, hang on, it's okay, because we've got Ant and Dec on Saturday night, and what is it, the Romans had their Panacet service, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bread and services. We've got Ant and Dec on Saturday night, and it's okay, I've got me the 48-inch plasma television, and yeah, I can drink red wine out of oversized glasses, it's okay, we're, mm. you know, we're, we're okay, we're all right. Live, laugh, love. Yeah, yeah, live, laugh, love, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all right, we're okay, we're, do, we're, we're doing okay, so... It doesn't really matter, does it? When are we ever going to go down to Westminster and protest against yeah. something? Too comfortable. We're too comfortable yeah, too. exactly. It's apathy. Mm. But it's it, it's an apathy that you're fed and it's an apathy that you also choose as well. Mm. It's like, oh, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. It's not like, the, think about the medieval times of John Ball and the, 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 hedge, the hedgerow pre, preacher with the peasant revolt in the 1300s. Mm. You know, that's the kind of thing that should actually be taking place at the right. moment because... There's bigger, bigger issues affecting public rights and public freedoms mm. in in the UK based on this legislation than there were then. Mm. You know, of really? course, really. Yeah. Okay, people have got more now. Right. People have definitely got more. They're not not having to live on a fair long, you know, and 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 there aren't these mad land barons, but. Mm. Oh, yeah, there are mad land barons. Okay, I was being optimistic. <laughs> yeah, the land yeah. registry would suggest otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really would but, suggest but, otherwise. But it's there a major are, issue. But people yeah. are comfortable with what they've got. Mm. And the more comfortable you become, the more apathetic you become. Exactly. You know, struggle makes you stronger. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Make you resilient as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the OECD was ready to place sanctions on the UK for corruption under Blair. And the uh, Sweden is ha- having the same issue now. The gap between the very bottom and the next step up is just suddenly exponential. Yeah, and it's happening in Sweden as well at the moment. And that's I think that's that's how it happens because yeah, you have that. Well, I'm comfortable. It's fine. Yeah. That looks pretty horrible, but I'm probably okay. You don't mind deferring, then you go, okay, well, I'll be deferential. Mm, You know, I quite like, he's quirky, isn't he, Boris Johnson? He's out, Jacob Rees-Mogg, look at him with his top hat. You know, it's it's okay. These are figures Mm. of comedy. These people are fucking ruthless. They're maniacs, and Mm. they they will do anything they want to get to what they need, Mm. to, to achieve what they need. But, but I'm happy to defer to that because he's got a you know he's, he's got a posh voice mm. and he wears a, a double breasted. I'm not talking about you here. <laughs> I don't he wear double the, breasted. <laughs> I can't carry. I can't carry it on. Give me another ten years. <laughs> and then sometimes you make like stupid, stupid comments to make you like oh we're just next the guy next door kind of thing. It's just normal guy. It makes mm. yeah even though he speaks posh. Yeah, exactly. But he makes his mistakes, you know, he's just like me. Yeah, he's just one of us, yeah. isn't he? He's funny, he's funny. Yeah. The problem is, is that a lot of people who don't live in the country, people I speak to, you know, perhaps in where, oh, he's funny though, Boris Johnson. He's, he's a fucking crackpot. Yeah. He's, he's mad as a box of frogs. Yeah. If, you, if you had a, you know, he's, he's a clown, mm. but clowns have big shoes, and he's a clown about to run across a minefield. Yeah. Suddenly mm. it becomes less funny. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, again, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Um, I hope you listening enjoy as much as I did. Um, yes, thank you. Yes, yes, and welcome, welcome to another episode of Conversations in My Car. I hope this episode finds you well, in good health, and um, yeah. Um, this episode coming up is a really interesting one. Uh, there's a person that I've been um, wanting to have you on my podcast. Amazing person. Uh, yeah, I'll, I hope you, you enjoy it. But before we go into that, I just would like to to tell you guys about uh, my experience today. Um, I went for a walk this morning and I um, on my walks, I... Um, I came across a, f- a couple, um, and um, yeah, there was a bit of a, a racism of their part, and um, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still trying to process, and not not the reaction, not not really necessarily not necessarily the way they reacted, but my companion, that's what troubles me the most. You know, 
and um yeah i would i would expect a um a little bit of support and understanding but i didn't get that i didn't and that hurts it hurts and um yeah it's uh again it makes me think that you know the person that supposed to protect me or to stand by me at that particular moment didn't and um yeah it's very it's very hurtful and um yeah it makes me think a little bit man it makes me think a little bit about everything that's going on in the world about racism about wars and people close to you or supposed to be close to you doesn't doesn't stand by you doesn't yeah doesn't protect you doesn't doesn't support you doesn't yeah you just uh yeah anyways that was my experience today and um yeah again i hope you enjoyed this this episode coming up and um yeah and please um when you finish and listen to this go through the just read uh, the description description of the the episode and then you'll find um, you know some links to help um my brother top man again uh, inspiring guy um yeah have a look take care